I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And And you're listening listening to A to Z Discussions. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Zach and I will be talking about a few little topics. But before we get into that, Zach, how have you been, my friend? I've been pretty swell. Uh, I know that a couple weeks ago, a lot of people had spring break. Oh, yeah. I did not. I haven't had a spring break in three years now. So because you have a regular job. At this point. Exactly. Uh, but Caitlin had one, and so she was hanging out. I do work from home two times a week so i was there with her those two days mm-hmm. but yeah i didn't really get to chill out uh but you know at the end of that week her family came down and visited us and it was actually her stepdad's birthday so we ended up going out to like a nice steakhouse oh, and nice. it was on lake travis too so it was up on a hill and we went during the evening we got like a nice sunset view of travis which for some reason the water was really low so it wasn't as spectacular as i've seen it before mm-hmm. uh, but the view was still pretty nice and the steak was good the only thing that happened though that was kind of funny was uh i ordered my steak medium rare which is usually how i get it cooked and uh you know since it's a fancy restaurant they have you cut into it to make sure that it's okay before uh you dig in right so i cut into the steak and I, I cut in like a third of the way in. I thought I was deep enough where it would be fine uh, as far as like thickness goes that I could see how the steak was cooked. It looked okay to me. But as I was eating it and I got deeper and deeper into it, the steak in the middle was basically like raw. <laughs> like this steak was rare. And I always kind of like joke around to people like, ah, man, I like my steak bloody. I could even eat it rare. But <laughs> after actually eating it rare, I don't think I would ever want to do that again. Oh. Uh, I won't get into the details, but at the very <laughs> end, whenever there was just like a little bit left, it kind of made my stomach turn a little bit. So my uh, fancy steakhouse experience was, you know, tarnished a little bit by that, but it was still a really good steak, like taste wise. Excellent. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, looks like they don't was- know how to cook steaks, huh? I, I guess if I ever go back there, if you order it like rare, I mean like medium rare, it means rare. If you order it medium, it means medium rare. So you kind of got to like think backwards, I guess, it's like <laughs> for a, that place specifically. It's like foreign shirt sizes. They're always smaller or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess you just got to go in with like that filter on in your head yeah. or something. Wow. Uh, but, you know, that it was still fine. It was a good experience. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, fun visiting with her family. We actually showed them uh beat saber which they had never even experienced vr before so it's kind of funny seeing like middle-aged people (laughs) try out virtual reality for the first time uh they weren't nearly as bad as like my dad was when we first had him try it on but he's he's a little bit older he was trying to like punch the tv whenever he was playing beat saber and my sister and i had to keep reminding him like hey dad you don't need to step forward you know just because you're in vr doesn't mean that the things around you don't exist anymore Mm -hmm. so you need to be careful uh, <laughs> they don't but, exist anymore they're all gone yeah. they're in a whole new world <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's what he thought that's hilarious uh, i guess it can be kind of jarring for people yeah, for who sure. haven't done it before but uh the weather has been getting nicer yeah and this last weekend kaylin and i did some outside yard work stuff you know mowing the lawn treating the lawn uh this next weekend we're gonna try to get some bushes for our front yard because there's like this little bed in the front that doesn't have anything in it, just a bunch of rocks. And we'd like to make the outside of our house look a little bit nicer. So looking forward to that with some of the nice weather we've been having. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've just been chilling. How have you been? 
Well, all your stuff sounds really awesome. I need to come up there eventually and make some time to like, like you're going to be the destination of why I'm going up um, to make yeah. to make that happen. Uh, probably soon. I, I have some free weekends coming up. I know because summer's coming up. We only have a couple more months before school is over, right? School's out of session. So I have most of the summer to do whatever. So we can definitely hang out. I know Sam's will be really busy because she's going to Europe and um, also is teaching drum corps. So she'll be out most of the summer anyway so i'll have a lot mm. of time to do whatever i want um but yeah my spring break was fine i didn't go anywhere really um only time i did anything was toward the tail end when i told you i wanted to go up and see you if i could that weekend but it was like right fell on a weird day we all got like on a thursday up there um but i saw some of my friends went to cidercade um i forgot the the reason why we went up oh i remember why because sam was going to a bachelor party and that bachelor party fell on a Friday and she just got back from Disney from with her, with her friend or not her friends, uh, with her school, school trip to Disney world. And they got back in the middle of the week. And then she came up Thursday. We decided to go see our friends, Kevin and Hannah, um, that day. And then we hung out that evening while she went to the bachelor bachelorette party that, that following Friday and I just went home. Um, but mm-hmm. I had the bachelor party this past weekend with, uh, the rest of the groomsmen and the and the soon to be soon to be wedded man um and uh we had a we had a fun little time uh we had like an airbnb uh, up in uh south austin and um we went paintballing and that's kind of what i want to talk about because the first time i've ever been paintballing was when i was in middle school um oh, wow. for, for like a friend's birthday party and i hadn't been paintballing mm-hmm. ever since and i had a pretty decent experience even got like shot in the face and it freaked me out um, yeah. but being shot in the face is probably the being is probably the best part, but I mean the best place to be shot if you're going to go paintballing because the mask pretty much saves you. It spooks you a bit. You might taste some of the paint, but it doesn't, doesn't hurt. <laughs> right. Um, but I want to talk to you like, have you ever been paintballing? Like I felt like I was like scared the entire time cause I didn't want to get hit my, and it was cool. Like, uh, his brother who I guess is going to be the best man, his twin brother, he bought us all like, uh, uh, like suit jackets uh, to wear to the paintball uh, to, to, wear oh, to, to the paintball. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you a photo <laughs> of it later, but um, he, he got them from Goodwill and they were like no more than like 16 bucks a piece. Um, mm. And uh, we just got them all dirty and paintballed in suit jackets. Cause we thought it'd be funny to have like a whole team. That's of, cool. Uh, you know, like the bachelor party. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So it, we looked pretty cool or whatever. And a lot, a lot of people were like, I've never seen this before. And they were like, they, they thought it was neat and kind of funny also so that was really fun and the jackets had like padding and stuff in it so it kind of protected me i like got shot in the back of the neck and like the collar and the pad of the like shoulder like protected me <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so i didn't i didn't really bruise but yeah i got shot like in the stomach or like in the chest area on my leg and in my hand which kind of hurt um and it, like cut skin open a little bit but have you ever been paintballing you ever seen that before yeah so i'm the same as you i went in middle school i think it was seventh grade and i haven't been since i know that back in high school there was like a big group get together within band where a lot of people went paintballing Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you saw like the pictures from that especially like our friend cat Mm -hmm. she had like this massive bruise on her leg that turned like purple and black in the center and it looked really bad uh i didn't go that time though i think i was working uh during that day but yeah i went back in seventh grade with my family uh for like a family reunion whenever a bunch of my family was in town 
And uh, I didn't even know what I was getting into. Like I just dressed in uh, like gym shorts and just like a, I think like a tank top or something. (laughs) Like I was not even covered up at all. And then we walked in and then the people were like, yeah, you know, you can rent this armor. You know, I guess I don't know what it's called, but it looked like armor. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Protect you. I'm like, yeah. And then my mom's like, ah, we don't need to spend extra money. Like, is it actually going to, you know, injure us? They're like, nah, it probably won't. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we went in and I've just had that helmet on. And I don't know why, I guess maybe because like if you're a beginner and you're playing, I don't know, some type of game where if you like shoot someone and then the ball bursts, you're out. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't want to give us like really soft balls. They gave us like really hard balls. And I heard them talking about how like oh yeah in competitive play they have like really soft balls because even if you get tapped you should be out like it should splatter and then indicate that you know you're out uh but i guess the beginners sometimes get the harder balls that they don't have to be subject to that but i just remember like getting hit and it hurts so bad uh (laughs) i i didn't really get hit in my head very much i think i got hit in my head once and like you said it wasn't even that bad it was more of like the shock factor but uh you know you didn't feel any pain or anything but I remember getting hit in my leg and like my my butt especially. And it was so painful. Like there was one point where I was just getting pelted all over like my thigh and I just had to like tap out. I was like, I can't I can't take this anymore, uh, mm. especially whenever people like gang up on you and they're yeah. all shooting you. So, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. It's kind of cool, you know, hiding out in those forts. I'm not sure how your paintball uh setup was but there was like we were in the woods whenever i went Mm -hmm. and they had like these forts set up like there was this tree fort and you could go like storm the fort that was one of the games we played and they had like this obstacle course one where you could like hide behind all these like trash cans and other things they had out there and you know come up and climb some hills and then shoot some people uh but yeah i mean it was a lot of fun and it was it was cool to do despite the pain (laughs) it was the the pain always got freaked me out because i was like i got hit the first time you get hit you kind of like okay whatever but like the adrenaline's going in you um right there there was a some like trenches you know um and like the last game or the second last game that we played it was like this bigger group that we played we like teamed up with another group and it was about like almost like 12 v 12 ish it's like Mm -hmm. um around that size of both teams and it was a pretty big like field and um you know, I'm like behind this like grouping of rocks hiding underneath it while they're like shooting at me. My friend's like, I think he's above us, like on this other side of this hill. And so he's like, he's trying to flank us. So I moved around and like, I was trying to, I like ran up the hill and I like fell. <laughs> I like slipped because I'm wearing like running shoes. Like I should have worn like hiking boots or something, but like I slipped from the, my shoes are kind of flat and uh, I hit my knee really bad, like on the rock. And then I, I like caught myself with the gun against the rock. So the, the gun protect me, but like the handle of the gun, like broke off. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh dang. And I like, but like the adrenaline was like going through me so much. Like I just got back up and started shooting. Um, but then I, when I finished now I got like, I was like really lightheaded and like, I was like really tired. And so like I sat, I sat out that la- the last game, um, cause my leg was hurting really bad. I'm fine now. Like I was like, it's just bruised. Like right now my, my knee is still bruised. I book it. Um, and I got a couple little cuts, but nothing weird, but, yeah, dude, it was scary though. I was like, man, like this is like life or death right now. <laughs> With a big team, like two big teams like that. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to oh, do. Yeah. It really does get the blood pumping, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it was really fun. Um, and then we went to, uh, uh, we went to like a, a rage room, but we didn't do the rage room stuff where like you could just break stuff. That's what it is. Like you could like, it's like you could spend like 50 or $60 or something like as a group or maybe it's more than that, but you can like basically get a beater car and you can spend like an hour just smacking a car. 
Like break <laughs> Did the they window. give you like bats and stuff? Yeah, to yeah. Like smash it with. You wear like this thing and like a protective like goggles and mask, like like a glass thing to protect your like from debris, and you can just smash uh-huh. stuff. Nice. You just just smash whatever you want. So you just keep smashing the car, break the car, or whatever. I was at like axe throwing and stuff. We didn't do any of that. We didn't do any of that. We uh we went to an escape room that was there, and it was like the most boring escape room that we've ever experienced. Um, I don't even want to give the name of the place because it was that bad. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> like with a guy, we get in and he's just telling us like, all right, so this is a, it, it's a, you're going to have to do this thing. And then you got to stick your hand in this thing and it's going to be kind of spooky. And then you're at the end, you got to whatever. And there's a crooked cop involved and there's supposed to be like live actors. And there wasn't any of that. And like, he was just giving us like basically the solution to the puzzles and like the stuff that we're going to have to do and look out for. I'm like, and then like some of the stuff he's like, oh, this isn't working. He, like they would just come into the escape room while we're like doing it. Like as an employee is like, oh, this is a little finicky. Like you're getting close to solving it. So I'm going to just kind of give it to you. I'm like, what? You completely like break yeah. your immersion. I'm like, dude, we're spending like good amount of money for this like immersive thing. There's supposed to be live actors. It says don't hit the live actors. And there was no live actors. Um, Oof. Yeah, it was like. So almost like a scam kind of felt like like what what is this like the the little like room that we were in was pretty well decorated and it seemed pretty legit um but like the staff was like really in the way and like the first clue was like it was so it was so easy that it was hard <laughs> like we were like overthinking it hardcore like they gave us a suitcase that was supposed to be like it had like these locks on it we're supposed to open the suitcase once we open the suitcase it lets us go into the the room Basically, we we're like stuck in this little hallway and we're looking at like, um, like street addresses, different cell phone numbers that are on the wall. Like we're looking at all these different things to figure out what the puzzle was. And like the biggest sign, he's like, that sign is your first clue. Like he told us right, right before. And it just says like a hundred thousand dollars. Right. But he said there's a hundred thousand dollars in the suitcase and he told us like the premise or whatever. And the, the, the lock combination is a hundred thousand. Like that was a lock combination. We thought it was like a series of numbers or like a street address or like the, like the, some digits of a phone number, but it was like literally just the amount of money that's in the suit. It didn't make any sense. Like it was so easy. It was like so hard for all of us. Cause we were like overanalyzing that one bit. And that took us the longest time. And it was supposed to be a 60 minute escape room when we finished it in like 30. Oof. Dang. Like it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> Y'all had to waste your time doing that. Yeah. Sounds like you went to the worst attraction at that place if they had like axe throwing and a rage room as well. Yeah, I know. So I wish that we got a better experience from that. But other than that, it was it was fine, I guess. Um, but it was the paintball was probably the, the highlight because I haven't done that in a long time. And it was uh, it was it was uh, it was a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool, like rolling up in the suits, you know, as the squad teaming up against other people. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds like fun. And I'll send you send you the photo after the after the thing. But uh, heck, yeah, you wanted to talk about succession. Is it the succession or is it like, is it? I don't even know what it is. What is it? So the show is just called succession and it is it's it's a show and it's on HBO Max. I had heard about this show here and there for a couple of years now because the first season came out. I don't I don't even know when, honestly, but I, I assume it was a few years ago. Uh, and over time, like more and more people have been talking about it. And, you know, I, I know that just because I'm seeing more and more like videos on YouTube every now and then, like recommending like, oh, how this incredible writing and in, in succession means this and like the subtle blah, blah, blah in this episode and all that. And I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. whatever. I never watched any of those videos, but I always knew that that was like a good show that I could maybe watch at some point. And then we were kind of talking about how uh, 
there hasn't been like a whole lot of good content coming out right now as far as like you know movies and tv shows and even games as uh, not you know game wise as far as i've seen maybe you've uh, found a few but you know i've been kind of itching to try out something new so i was bored this last weekend and i was like you know what i'm gonna start watching succession just because i know that it's supposed to be a good show uh and the premise is, and it kind of sounds basic at first, but the premise is that there's this old man, he's like in his 80s, and he is the founder of this media empire, Waystar Royco. This guy's name is Logan Roy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you remember the guy that played Colonel Stryker in X-Men X2, like uh, a long time ago whenever that movie came out, but that it's guy... Me. Huh? It beats me. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is the one that plays Logan. So I kind of I recognized him from that movie since I I really enjoyed watching that movie whenever I was a kid. But anyway, uh, so he this character, Logan, founded his empire. You know, he's that typical story came from nothing, worked his way up to the top. Now he's a billionaire. Right. And I guess in this universe, he is kind of like, I don't know, Disney in a way like he owns multiple networks. He owns like a news network. He owns like a online stuff. He owns uh, parks. He owns like TV services, all kinds of stuff, right? So, but that's not really what the show's about. Uh, he's got four children, and since he's aging, they're kind of wondering like who's going to take over the reins once like dad retires and you know goes on his way. Mm-hmm. And uh, his not his oldest son, but I guess his most promising son, Kendall, has been in the business for a while, like kind of learning the ropes from his dad. And uh, he's an exec at the company now, and everyone's kind of expecting like, oh, you know, whenever Logan steps aside, Kendall's going to take the reins and be the CEO and continue on with the family business. Uh, And then you see in like the first episode that Kendall does things a lot differently than his dad does. You know, he's more, I guess, current, right? He talks like, yo, what's up? Like, let's get this deal going, yada, yada, yada. He's a really smart guy, Uh, but he's more, I guess, future thinking and doesn't necessarily have some of the suave as his father does right but anyway you know everyone expects that logan's gonna step down and then let kendall take over and even the other siblings do too and so first episode they're like getting together for their dad's birthday they're like congratulating kendall on eventually moving up in the business becoming the ceo and then for whatever reason at the birthday party the dad's like you know what i don't know if i want to you know give the business to you right now maybe i'll stick around for a few more years maybe five maybe ten uh And then the siblings kind of smell like blood in the water at this point. Mm. And then they start thinking like, hmm, if dad's not set on Kendall, which we always thought he was, I wonder what pieces of the pie we could get before dad eventually, you know, hangs up the towel. And then within that first episode, too, I guess the stress of everything now that uh, he's kind of told them that he's not moving on gets to Logan and he has a stroke and it looks like he may die you know, in the first episode, obviously he doesn't, right? Cause you know, they've got to have like a full show after this, but a lot of things happen whenever he gets taken away to the hospital. Cause you know, he had a stroke, he's going to be out for a little bit and moves are made by the siblings. <laughs> so it kind of, the show in the first season kind of deals with like the fallout of that. Mm-hmm. And then like the drama, the infighting between not just the siblings, but like their outlying family and then people tied to the family And then some of the people that are affected by what they're doing and all of that. So, you know, you would think it's typical sibling family squabbles. But the way this show is shot and the way that the actors, you know, the lines that they deliver, the writing, I guess, it's just really unique. Uh, You would think that since it's like talking about the upper class, these billionaire personas that they would be speaking, you know, in really refined ways and, 
you know, there'd be all this upper class stuff going on, but the way that they talk, it's, it's very common, you know, and also the way that, uh, the writing is and the way that they're told to deliver their lines, it's not polished in any way. Like it's very colloquial. So it's kind of cool. You know, it, it makes you feel like you have something in common with these people, even though they're in such like an upper echelon mm-hmm. of society and you get really invested in the characters that way. So it's a pretty unique show. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching it. There's a little bit of exposition, obviously you have to get through in the first few episodes before it really gets off the ground. But once it does get off the ground, it's very uh, enthralling. And I just finished the first season and, you know, I'm really excited to get on to the next few. And I heard that the fourth season just came out and that's the final season. Okay. So it's it's a short little series, but it's got a lot of quality content there. Oh, interesting. I actually might check it out then. Um, and this What streaming platform is it on again? HBO Max. HBO Max. So. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so like you just said, the last season just came out. I was about to ask if it was newer thing but it's it's been out for a while right and it's mm-hmm. been seasonal um cool well i'll check it out sounds like something that i'd actually be interested in especially right now where i'm not like watching anything like absolutely nothing yeah, um, yeah. like the the next best thing that i could think in my head that i would like to watch is like the last of us just because like video game related i guess um people have liked it but i've played the game and apparently it's like pretty faithful so i don't like i don't know what i'd be missing if i like went to go see it other than like pedro pascal's performance or whatever so right yeah but i'll probably check this out before that honestly yeah i'm and speaking of the last of us i've, I've watched all of that too so if you do end up watching it maybe we could even talk about that as okay. well okay uh and I, i've heard the same things you have i've even seen like side by side comparisons mm-hmm. of like scenes of the show and then like a cut scene in the game and it's like exactly the same yeah the cool thing though is that uh at the end you know since it's hbo at the end of each episode they have like a talk through of like certain pivotal scenes with like the directors and the writers mm-hmm. And even like the game creator, like the writer who wrote the story and I guess was the executive lead. Yeah, he they bring him in and he talks about how like the director of the show has pitched like new ideas for, you know, certain story points and like certain character moments that he's like, why didn't I think of that? Like Mm -hmm. this, what you see here on the show is even, you know, more realized than what I had in the game and all that. So I think it does add on. Like I said, I haven't played the game, but it seems like it does add on to the universe. Um, and I mean, that's probably one of my favorite video game stories of all time. Like when that game came out on PS3 and I played that game when it like, like maybe a few months after it launched when it came out for PlayStation 3 and like, that's mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite games. And like, I had, a, I have like a lot of really good memories for, of it. Um, and like that story, it was like the first time I think I played like a story driven game that really captivated me. Like that was like the first one. And now most games are like that and it kind of lost its magic. But I remember that mm-hmm. one being like the reason why, like I really like those story based video games. Um, nice. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll check that one out too. So maybe, maybe I'll finish <laughs> watching that and then I'll probably jump back into succession and see how that is. Heck yeah. Um, speaking of other horror games and franchises, Resident Evil four remake just came out um, this past weekend. And of course, I already beat it. You already know, dog. <laughs> I'm already trying to do all my speed runs and trying to get uh, the platinum trophy on my PlayStation. Um, but it is a remake of an old game that came out in 2005 um, that came out on GameCube. And I think it's funny because right now people are talking about how there's a resurgence of GameCube games that are getting remade right now. Mm. Um, so like Metroid Prime just got a remaster. Um, Resident Evil 4 just got a remaster. 
um, or a real full-on remake or whatever, but they're just talking about how they, like, these different games are getting pulled from like the GameCube generation and getting like remastered and like talking about how the GameCube is like the best console ever or something. And I've never had a GameCube, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but this game, man, like it's, I, I played through the original recently. I never played it on GameCube. So I never had one, but I bought it like on switch because they have the remaster HD remastered Resident Evil four, like on every console like on steam it's on everything so i played through it um just to kind of get an idea what the game's about and i know it's like one of the highest rated games ever it's like one of those games where like people say you should at least try it once in your life even though some of the controls are pretty outdated mm-hmm. um it's like the best horror game of all time or the best action horror game of all time like whatever but i've been really enjoying this remake like i'm like wanting to play it all the time like i'm just right now i'm trying to just collect things and do whatever in it um and what's cool about the playstation 5 version they're going to add vr support for like all the new stuff that's in the game and i know that you have the oculus quest and you got the resident evil 4 edition right i did yeah but funny thing i'm actually looking at the little code card right now it's it's just been sitting on my desk i haven't redeemed it yet <laughs> it's expired it's no it doesn't oh. expire till the end of this year so i still got time Okay, you should you should do it. So I come see you. I want I want to play it. Either that or I can't find the Resident Evil Four Meta Meta Quest Two anymore. Like oh, looking yeah, online, they're not I, selling it as a bundle. bundle yeah, I can't find them. Dang, there there's like a new bundle out or something. And I'm like, oh, dude, I want Resident Evil Four. If I get the Metal Quest, I'm getting it for Resident Evil. So you save it for me, dude. And I'll buy it off you, um, <laughs> for a discounted price, of course. Um, uh, no, of just course. What are you buying? Uh, but you should play it. You should download it and play it because I'd like to, if I go just hang out with you, we can play Beat Saber and I want to I try out Resident Evil 4. And because the way that they did the the VR version, like um, all of this mechanics of the game, like makes sense in terms of like real life. So if you like all of like your weapons and your healing items are attached to your body. So if you want to pull out your knife, you like literally grab your knife from the pocket from your chest and pull it out. Oh, wow. right or say like and you could just like toss it and like uh toss it at things and it'll like basically boomerang back to you so you don't have to like walk up and pick it up but you can like throw it at things and it'll break stuff or you can like flip your your handgun so if you're holding your hand your pistol you can just like do flips with it and like throw it and grab it throw it and grab it and like mess around with it as if it was like a, a real weapon obviously it's floating around and you wouldn't do that in real life but you could like mm. just, you could do like cool like action things with it and the same thing when reloading you like have to like reload put the ammo back into the to the bottom of the weapon like it's all this cool stuff oh, so wow. yeah That's it's like super it, detailed yeah it's really really like interesting so I, I would try it and if it doesn't be the first way that you experience resident Evil 4 then oh cool man you'll you'll have a you'll have a you'll have a time because it's a really good <laughs> game and I, and once you probably get used to the controls like moving around you may or may not get motion sick because it's you know it's a full 360 moving forward backwards kind of game like you have to navigate through things so it's a full experience like that's a that game can be beat within like six hours four hours the speed runs are faster but like my first playthrough took me about 15 hours so that's like nice you have that on your head dude like that's sitting waiting for you to experience (laughs) um and they're gonna do the same thing but with the playstation vr but with like the the remake so it's gonna be like the remake with the high-end graphics and like the new gameplay mechanics and all this stuff but that also in vr with the same way that you could play um resident Evil 4 vr on the meta quest so i'm excited for that to come out eventually which i don't know when and i also got to get my hands on a playstation 5 vr 
two or whatever. And that's also very expensive. So I probably won't get that for at least until Christmas or until after a couple of years. I can save up for that. It's very low priority on the things I want to get right now. But mm-hmm. yeah, dude, Resident Evil horror games, VR. It's like, like what I want to be into right now. It sounds like I need to get up up my butt and put that code in so dude, I can experience just this. Just do it now, dude. You have it. You own it. You just do it. Let it download while you're doing whatever and then come back <laughs> to it. Be like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, I had a I had a GameCube and I know that it was supposed to be like the golden age of gaming. And my friends had Resident Evil 4, but I was never really into like the zombie thing. There has, there's know, no zombies it, in the game, dude. Is it a zombie game? <laughs> it's not a zombie game. Uh, like it was funny because like I, I I keep watching these like interviews things and like like what the developers were talking about, like just documentary things. And um, they like didn't want to do zombies again. Like they didn't want they but they kept it. It's in the lore of like what's happening. There's a certain like um, parasite that they dug up underground and um, the these people in this village were like given it to them like some guy came and just like gave it to them <laughs> this parasite and it infects their bodies except they're still like conscious beings except this parasite's also like somewhat controlling their nervous system um mm-hmm. but they're they're like people like they like see and they speak they speak spanish and there's like a bunch of funny spanish lines in it but they, yeah they're like they're not human necessarily um but they're like infected people they're like bioweapons or like whatever and that's the whole thing about resident evil is that they're always trying to build there's this evil corporation always trying to get a leg up in humanity and like building these bioweapons to like terrorize uh people or like to to take control over the world or take control over certain nations and stuff because in japan resident evil is actually called biohazard oh interesting and there was a there was a uh, title discrepancy in the u.s for copyright or something so they had, re- they had to call it something else and since the first game was about um the the spencer mansion like you're in the mansion and you're doing stuff and you find zombies in there from the virus that they were developing from this pharmaceutical company they call it resident evil because of the residents and there's evilness or whatever i don't know yeah (laughs) well i think that's a much cooler name than biohazard personally (laughs) yeah biohazard gives it away too much i think resident evil is just like oh it's kind of weird um yeah it's it's pretty cool because it's for all the remakes they're doing they're calling it biohazard re it's like biohazard remake but it's like biohazard resident evil. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like these cool plan works stuff, but um, yeah, VR, you need to try it. Tell me, tell me what you think about the game. If you do. All right. Yeah, we'll do. Um, but anyway, you season four, what are you watching, dude? <laughs> so I'm not sure if you've seen any of you or even no. know what that is. I know what it is, but no, I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> so I, I initially wasn't going to watch this show. And how long ago was it? Like four years, I think, at this point that I saw season one. Kaylin was just watching it on one of those weekends whenever I came to visit her at Texas State back Mm -hmm. in the day. And she was like, yeah, you're probably not going to like it. And it's interesting because at first you think it's like one of those romance shows where like, you know, the guy meets the girl and then, you know, he's going to do all these sweet things to win the girl over Mm -hmm. and then make her life better and yada, yada, yada. And it's funny because like from the girl's perspective, that's kind of how she would see it in this show. But then this show is about like the dude's perspective. The The guy's name is Joe, Joe and Schmo. he is like, huh? Joe Schmo. <laughs> yeah. Joe, the most basic name, uh, but he is not a basic guy. Uh, he is like obsessed. He's a stalker. He's a creep. And I guess, you know, people basically agree that he's a psychopath because mm-hmm. he does end up killing people in this show. Uh, but anyway, like on the outside, he appears like this really charming guy, 
but he always finds like this girl that he gets obsessed with to the point where, you know, he's stalking them everywhere, learning everything about them, eliminating people that might be in his way in order for him to get closer to them, all while making it seem like he's this Prince Charming, right? So it's really twisted. And it's one of those shows, I'm not sure, did you watch Dexter? I don't know if we've ever talked about it. I've never that. seen it. It's kind of like Dexter in a way, but do you know what Dexter is about? No. So Dexter is basically Dexter. He's basically just a psychopath completely. You know, he's not a creep. He's not a weirdo. He just is a psychopath. He doesn't understand why he's the way he is, but he just has an urge to kill. And the way that Dexter blends in is that he kills bad people. That's like a code he was taught by his father whenever his father identified him as a serial killer. He didn't want to, you know, turn him in or sway him. He was like, you know what, this is how you're going to be, Dex. So I'm going to teach you this, this code of mine that I'm developing for you. And you're going to stay like incognito by only killing bad people and then acting like a certain way in front of others so that they never suspect that you're a killer. And the, the thing that both these shows have in common is that they find a way to make you feel like this bad person is the protagonist. So in a way, you're kind of rooting for this person, even though you shouldn't be, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for you, it's a little bit harder because Joe is actually a really bad person. In Dexter, Dexter, I don't know if he's actually bad. He's just, you know, different from others. Mm-hmm. And he has this urge that he just can't control. And at least he's killing bad people, right? But with Joe, man, he is, he is a bad person. But you know, I won't go too deep into spoilers because uh, you haven't really seen any of it or heard much about it. But uh, the fourth season did just come out. And they kind of is a trope that every season follows where, you know, Joe gets obsessed with somebody new. And then his obsession leads him to the point of, you know, something bad happening between him and the person he's obsessing over. And then it resets again for the next season, yada, yada, yada. But they found a way to make it fresh in this fourth season. Uh, with this time, someone is like preying on Joe instead of him preying on someone else. So mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about that since it's one of the things that I actually did watch in the last couple months, which is actually pretty good. So if you think that any of that sounds interesting, I would recommend watching you if you can stomach it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've heard. Like some, uh, one of my friends said he, like, he, he could only watch so much of it. And he was like, I don't, I don't want to keep watching this anymore. <laughs> it makes you feel weird. You're uh, like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch any more of this. But yeah. then it's like that kind of morbid curiosity that keeps you coming back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's why I like horror games. <laughs> yeah it's always just like the next thing but okay i mean i keep saying i might watch it because sam's seen all of it and i'm like don't don't spoil it and, you know i want to if it's that bad and like not bad like bad but like it was that weird i guess it's the right way to say it then i i kind of want to see it on my own you know what i mean yeah you should definitely go <laughs> yeah. in not knowing anything um i think that's the best way to experience that if it's supposed to be like that but okay whatever you 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 whatever um speaking of other tv shows and stuff you know mandalorian season three just came out dude yeah yeah did you watch any of it i have not neither have i neither have (laughs) i and you know what i don't plan on watching any of it either (laughs) (laughs) but i did want to talk about this i saw like i saw it floating around on just on like youtube or on facebook or whatever um you, you know who ahmed best is right of course, yeah. Of I'll course. never forget that YouTube video that we watched back yes. in freshman year of college. <laughs> Hanging up upstairs, playing chess, and then watching this really <laughs> sad video. Um, but yes, apparently he's like a Jedi. Like They like made him a Jedi in Mandalorian. Like It's like a flashback scene with Grogu. Um, this mm-hmm. is, I guess, kind of spoilers, but uh, you know us, dude. Star Wars is down the drain anyway, so I'm not even worried about it. 
of course. Um, but he 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 plays a live action Jedi during Order sixty six, and he like saves Grogu or something. Oh, that's cool. And it's like really cool. And it's and people are talking about how it's like his redemption arc. And those who don't know, he he's the voice actor, or and he might have done the motion cap also for Jar Jar, Jar Jar Binks. Um, so it was really cool, I guess, for the community and for him to have like this whole like resurgence back into the Star Wars media, and then also people giving him like. I went to the credit he deserves because Jar Jar was a, you know, a weirdly directed character, but like, like finally a recognition for like something positive that he's doing in the Star Wars community and that people mm-hmm. actually like are gravitating toward like his acting abilities and like <clears throat> the, like the, what he does in the story is like really admirable and honorable or whatever. Um, and he like uh, posted something uh, or Star Wars posted something of him just talking about how he, like, he's really thankful for the Star Wars community and all these things and talked about how he was in a bad place a long time ago. And he's really glad that, you know, where he's at now, he's really happy and he like, he's always been a Star Wars fan, you know, and he always will be and all this kind of thing. So I thought it was really cool. And it was like really like heartwarming and like, um, I don't, I don't really want to go to the details of the stuff that like, you know, uh, his past and like all that stuff, but you can look it up and you know, you can see everything. But I'm, I'm glad that like now for him, especially it's like, it's really positive and something really cool kind of came out of that. And seeing that kind of me wanted to go and like check out Mando season three, even though it might be more fan service and whatever, but, um, that part of it was like kind of cool. And I, I kind of want to support that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that does sound really heartwarming. I'm glad that he's finally getting his moment where he can shine, right? And people, it sounds like from what you're saying, people all agree that uh, this is well-deserved from him and they're Mm -hmm. kind of celebrating him being back doing this. So uh, that's, it makes me happy to hear that. And yeah, I mean, personally, I never had a huge issue with The Mandalorian compared to some of the other Disney Star Wars stuff, which is absolute doo-doo. Uh, but Mando is at least a little bit entertaining. So I, I always intended to come back and watch season three, probably after like all the episodes have aired so I can just kind of blaze through it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I did hear a little bit about this and I didn't really know the details of what exactly he did and you know, what part he had to play. So it's kind of cool that you just filled me in on all that. And yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see him, you know, get his role finally where Mm. he is appreciated. Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I I don't know if I'm still going to check it out. Like I might go, do that like i canceled my disney plus subscription because there's literally mm. nothing that's worth watching right now on disney plus like i i unless you want to go back and watch some of the older stuff but i mean I, why would you do that with a streaming service like i'm trying to trying to div- i'm trying to absorb new content like if i really right. want to go see some old disney movie or something then maybe but not not really there's nothing really pushing me toward that um yeah maybe i need to stop uh watching tv and start reading more books um, ah yes yes and, I, you know go ahead <laughs> um, <laughs> i i got sort of into a book called the troop uh kind of going through that but i i need to get back i need, I really do need to get back into the rest of the red rising series so that second part of the saga um there but i know pierce brown's coming out with a new book um i don't know how close to development he is um you mentioned a q a uh, I watched a little bit of it, but he started talking about some stuff that I didn't know and I, I didn't want to spoil anything. So I stopped listening to it. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you, you wanted to touch base more on the Pierce Brown stuff. Yeah, I, I watched the entire Q&A live uh, just to fill everybody in. I follow Pierce on Instagram and he had posted this link to this discord group. I guess I'm a part of the group now. <laughs> I haven't left after the Q&A and they still do some like cool stuff, it seems. 
but uh, he joined this Discord call with some of the mods, and then like 300 or 400 of us ended up tuning in for the live Q&A. So basically, the, the moderators had a few questions that they had for Pierce. He came on and he answered all of them. And it was really cool, you know, hearing him speak because I had actually never heard him speak before. Uh, I didn't really know how he was going to be. All The only part of him I knew was from the books, right? And I mean, that's my favorite series. So it was kind of cool hearing his voice in person because it was live. So mm-hmm. it was almost surreal the first few minutes listening to him talk. Uh, but he answered everyone's questions, you know, with really in-depth answers. Uh, it was really cool to be a part of that. Then after like 30 minutes, they opened it up to... Uh, you know, audience questions. They had a few that had been written in that they just asked themselves. They pulled a few people in. I know that it was kind of risky doing that. They, they had like a thing where they're like, hey, look, when we pull you in and like unmute you, don't be weird. You know, I know that this is discord, but you know, please be respectful of Pierce's time and people all were. So it was great. Good. Uh, they came in and they asked their questions. They left and then Pierce gave them all an answer. So it was really cool. There was a lot of spoiler stuff, obviously, because, you know, we're all big Red Rising fans. And I didn't want to get into some of the book four and five spoiler questions that he did answer. It's good that you didn't listen to that kind of stuff because uh, I know that you haven't read Iron Gold yeah. or Dark Age. I, yet. I was and, maybe like 10 minutes in or something and they talked about uh-huh. something about a certain character that I didn't even know the name. Like, I didn't recognize that name. I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. And I was like, I, I need probably need a stop listening right now <laughs> yeah i mean basically the whole thing was more catered towards book four and five because yeah. you know book six is coming out and it's going to be really relevant to i guess you could consider this kind of like a different trilogy than the first three because mm-hmm. it's set 10 years in the future or maybe even more than that i think but anyway yeah so there were a lot of spoilers for books four and five uh, but a couple cool things that he did say that don't necessarily spoil anything uh one of the things was that he is a big anime fan which I was kind of hoping that he was. We'd always talked about, you know, you and I and then me, Jake and Zach Porter as well. I talked about how cool it would be if Red Rising was adapted into like an animated series at some point. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not even necessarily the mainline books, but maybe like a spinoff or something like that could be cool in animation format. And he told all of us in the Q&A that, you know, he's a big anime fan. His biggest inspirations for the books were obviously the classics. Uh, he references those a lot but also obscure animes. And he uh, talked about Attack on Titan specifically as something that he's really into right now and that he drew a lot of inspiration for book six from. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I ever get a chance to be in a Q&A again, I'm going to try to ask a question that you know posed to him. What if, you know, would you potentially consider some, maybe even just a spinoff, you know, like I said, just a spinoff of uh in the red rising universe in animation format like as an anime because i think that would be really cool so it'd be cool to see what he says about that especially since he is a fan uh he also shared kind of our detestment for star wars at least you know how it currently is Mm -hmm. but also even like classic star wars he said that he he referenced luke in particular like he was tired of seeing characters like luke get away with just being the good guy, you know, not having to kill any civilians, not having to make really tough choices that get like a lot of people murdered. People in the Q&A did call him out, though. They said, like, what about the Death Star? And then he's like, ah, well, we don't we don't talk about that. You know, that wasn't necessarily (laughs) a tough choice for him, even though Luke did kill millions of innocent Imperial people, but whatever. Uh, But he was just using that as an example. He said that whenever he set out to write Darrow as a character, he wanted his main character to have to make those tough choices. Uh, Sometimes 
you know, the right thing isn't necessarily right in other people's eyes. You know, yeah. you just gotta, you gotta make really tough decisions whenever you're going to do something like Darrow did in the series. And especially in books four and five, where they get a little bit more dark, the situations that we find our characters in, mm-hmm. Darrow has to make some heartbreaking choices. Uh, and he said that going into book six, you know, there were certain points where he even like shed tears, you know, writing them. He couldn't, he couldn't really deal with what was in front of him, but he's like, look, you know, the story is just going in a certain way and I have to put pen to paper. Uh, so the, it gets tough, but this is what the book is and it's going to be a, an emotional roller coaster. So, That's so people, were, people were happy to hear that yeah. because it means that the book is going to be really uh, complex, I guess. It's yeah. kind of what we've come to expect from him. But yeah, it's kind of strange thinking of a writer themselves, like not wanting to write something, but they know they have to, right? And so that's yeah. what they end up doing just because the universe, he said, kind of takes a form of its own after a while. So it was really cool kind yeah. of like getting into his headspace during the Q&A. It's like his his characters are living like literally in his brain and they're they're mm-hmm. doing they're doing things as he's watching them do it. And he's just putting, like he said, pen to paper. He's just imagining it happening that way. And there's no other outcome. Like that's that's the timeline he's on. And that's kind of yep. cool to think about. Like, there's like, no, there's no other option. I didn't have an alternate ending. This is like, what's this just is because that's who they are. Uh, that's really cool, really in depth. That's weird. Um, yeah, yeah. There was this might be the different thing, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was from the same Q and A from like the few minutes that I did watch, where he talked about how he likes to, uh, or he he doesn't like creating a world where there's no stakes involved, right? Is it was that from the same thing where he talked about like some video games or something where they don't like there's no sense of danger necessarily uh, like Hogwarts Legacy like there's like you're basically powered and everything every single interaction you go to and no, there's no like sense of danger between like the single thing was that from that uh potentially I'm not sure but it kind of does go along with like the hard choices thing yeah because like, uh, you said that and I was like I, I feel like that's similar to something else I heard recently about. Uh, worlds having like certain dangerous aspects to them and like being in them makes like you, there needs to be stakes involved with everything that you do and everything that's you see like every video game encounter that you see there needs to be something that's a reason for that to be like you have to overcome it and same thing with like the storytelling like there can't just be stuff where like things just magically happen for the character it has to be like there's there's danger in the world there's always something else going on even if this smaller situation feels safe there's like something behind the closed door that's gonna could could harm your character or like yeah, make them have yeah. to make a decision or do something. i think he did talk about that and i, I definitely remember him making a hogwarts legacy reference too so okay. yeah i think you're right okay i mean all that's really interesting like i mean, i played hogwarts legacy but like i didn't really think about that because i liked the i like the way that it's like that like i think that kind of thing is okay sometimes but if every game was like that, dude, I'd just be tense all the time, right? <laughs> um, but no, yeah, he make, he makes a really good point, especially the way he wants to write his stories and like the way that that is, the way that he likes to write is, I like that. Like I like being in those tense scenarios. And I mean, that's right, the reason why I like horror games so much. Um, just putting myself in uncomfortable scenarios on purpose to like feel the payoff of overcoming them, you know? Yeah, that, that's course. always That's always really... Feel, it always feels good no matter what it's like i did that like and my character had autonomy and i had to make the choice to go into a certain scenario and make myself uncomfortable you know yep like, yep I that, agree. that's always really cool especially in a video game like and then reading those the book, situations yeah 
they're like the Same. most satisfying to work around and get out of. And like you said, that sense of overcoming something. And then you can feel that vicariously through characters too, whenever they overcome something like they overcome a hardship or they make the hard choice and it ends up paying off. Or you mm-hmm. feel the sense of grief when they make the hard choice and it ends up going horribly. But then you know that that's real life. Like that's realistic. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about how we hate the way the Star Wars universe is going with Disney and there it's not realistic anymore. You know, there's not consequences for actions like you watch Revenge of the Sith. That is the ultimate consequence for like all the actions that Anakin has taken in that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you see like Ray and she's done nothing and ends up saving the day at the end. Woohoo. You know, good for her. <laughs> it's just not the same. It's not the same at all. Oh, it's a shame. But uh, that's so cool. You heard him speak because like it's like us on Discord right now. We're like we're talking to each other and he's literally like a unmute button away from just having a conversation exactly that's it felt so surreal man <laughs> yeah because it's like watching a live stream is like one thing where like you know they're there but like you're watching passively but like being in a recorded call i don't know it's just different like you're like you're on the line with them like you literally are all of you the people you watching all, all of y'all are on the line so that's that's it's kind of right surreal. We, we all have the potential maybe to talk to him obviously you know the mods were kind of you know, policing the whole thing. Right. So I couldn't just unmute and say something to Pierce, but I definitely had a shot. You know, if I had been quick enough raising my hand in the group to actually talk to him, which is super cool. Yeah. I mean, you should have asked about the anime or like making it into an animated series or something. Yeah. Like, so they said that he, he was like, you know, this was really a great time at the end. He's like, this was awesome. Like you guys bring like really cool energy and I really want to come back. Let's schedule like another Q and a soon. He was like talking to the mods about that. So if they do end up doing another one, I do want to pose that question mm-hmm. early so that I can go and talk to him about it. Yeah. Yeah. And be just like, no, no live action, like make this an animated series or something, but reference a uh, cyberpunk uh, edge runners. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, that was a video game, but I mean, it was a board game that turned into a video game that turned into an anime now, like from that, and like how big that anime was from the studio and the, all the stuff that like the people who made it, like it, it like turned the video game back into the mainstream media. It imagine, did. I mean, ima- yeah, imagine his book series doing the same thing. That'd be crazy. It could. I mean, yeah, like cyberpunk hype was definitely down for that that's that's the reason i bought the game i ended up going all in on it was because of the anime that anime won anime of the year too i'm mm-hmm. not sure if you heard about that yeah. and it was like something that just came out of nowhere that no one expected or even thought they wanted until they got it and yeah a red rising animated series could be the same way yeah um so then you could if the if an animated series came out and i'm i'm hoping it would be like a spinoff i hope it's not like a, like it's canon but like not in the you don't follow darrow or something right like it's just something mm-hmm um but it's like so cool and, and edgy and like you, you learn about all of the um the class struggles or something or like all that something in there and then like you get so interested like oh i want to know more about this universe and whatever so then you go read the books and then you follow daryl and like oh who's this and then maybe once it gets super popular they make other media with it so yeah, yeah. I, feel like he, I feel like he's sitting on like a gold mine he's just not doing it he is and they already have like those sons of various comics too it'd be so yeah. easy to adapt like the comics into an animated show he also oh, talked yeah. about too like how much lore he's written for the universe he said that he has thousands like actually thousands of pages of lore that he's written in the red rising universe that are just like strewn about his house he's like yeah some of it's stuff i threw out from books other stuff is just stuff i had in my mind and i had to write about and then i just you know it led nowhere but it's there so he has stuff he could drop on <laughs> yeah how fast do fingernails grow in space? 
Yeah. He's like, no one's going to want to, you know, hear about this. And then people in the Discord are like, we want to hear all of it. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> Give us it all. We got to write this down and put it on the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, though. Wow. But uh, yeah, dude, that's a cool experience. Um, I, I want to hop on the book. So then maybe I can join in so I don't feel left out. So I don't uh, listen to spoilers or something. Yeah, do it, man. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. The book is just sitting on my table like it always has. It's like waiting. It's waiting. See, in the same way that Resident Evil is just sitting waiting for me, you know, you got to just take the reins and start reading the book too. (laughs) I know. There's so much other things to do. Like the reason, (laughs) the reason why like books are so hard because it's like you have to dedicate the time to do it. Right. True. You got to sit and read. I mean, I guess I can listen to an audio book and that would be the best way to approach this. So I might have, Mm -hmm. I might have just, I mean, I have the audio book. Y'all gave it to me. (laughs) I have it. It's on my, it's on my hard drive. I can just download it. I mean, I just, I need to bite the bowl and just do it. Because um, I do other things like when I'm cooking or if I'm playing a game or if I'm doing whatever, like I'm always like, I have something else going on while I'm doing other things so that I can get as much done as possible. Um, so I'll probably have it in the background. I'm, I'm going to do it. Yes. You heard it here now, folks. I'm going to, I'm going to read Iron Gold or listen yes. to it. Just do it. Even, even if you have to wait until you're doing like your next long drive, just think yeah. about it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, I'm going to check the, the, I think the reason what turned me off from reading it was cause, uh, I didn't like the format. The, <laughs> this is really dumb. I didn't like the format that the, the audio files were cause they're like, they were like ripped from somewhere and you, like you gave them to me and I put them on my iTunes and it like, it made them all weird. And then I was listening to my playlist and it would just like pick random spots of the book to play. I'm like, oh, it, was, yeah, it was getting yeah. really annoying. I know, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so I just ended up deleting all of them and I never came back to it. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to. I'm going to look at my Libby app and see if my local library has an audiobook version of it. And if not, I think I'm just going to spend the 20 whatever dollars and just get, just buy it. Oh support, yeah, it's su- worth it. Support, support my boy. And then also listen to it um, and have them for future, you know? Yeah. And I don't know if you've cashed in on, you know, audible always offers a free book whenever you uh, start on with them. No, dude, I got to have so. it on Apple books. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. The other three, are, <laughs> the other three are on there already. I, I have the audiobooks for the other three. So I might as well just, get the next one <laughs> yeah 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 all right well man i think that's a great place to end it um if y'all haven't read red rising like you we talked about this book before we had like the the morning star podcast and everything it's probably one of our best podcasts um in terms of list li- listening ship or viewership but go check out red rising like it's good it's good stuff uh but yeah that's a good place to end it zach uh, what do you think i would agree all right and i guess with that zach everybody else i will see you next time sounds good see ya